Thanks for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we invite people to belong before they believe. If you want to know more about who we are and what we do, or if any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us in giving to this ministry, we invite you to do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Now, let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, John Chesty. Well, good morning to the Victory Church family. Excited that you're here. Can we give Jesus a hand clap to get the day kicked off? So excited that you're here. Edmond Campus, we love you so much, and it's an honor to be joining you at the Edmond Campus. And those of you watching online from all over, uh, we talked about it just a little bit ago. I know you guys heard an original song at the Edmond Campus this morning as well, but I want to just reinforce and, and say it one more time. Later this week, uh, we will be releasing four new Christmas songs, just traditional songs that have a new spin on them. And so we will be communicating that, Edmund Campus, we're excited about that. And so you'll see those coming out later this week, and we'll, we'll communicate that via email, social media. Uh, can we give it a hand to our worship team? Aren't they great? They did an amazing job at the Edmund Campus and here. So today, today's a really special day for a lot of reasons, but really for, for a reason of we're starting a brand new season. Um, we get excited about this at Victory Church because we believe that God speaks to us corporately, but also in these seasons, God wants to speak to us individually. And so we pray, we prepare and for, for, for months leading up to a season change. And I'm confident that God has a word uh, for this church, but also for, for all of us as we step into this new season. Again, I have to explain this every time, but if you're new to Victory Church, um, we don't call sermons sermon series that may have a specific end date. Uh, we like to call them seasons because right now we're in fall and we know winter's coming, but we don't know exactly the day that it's gonna come. And in Oklahoma, it can be as bipolar as, as ever. It can be 70 one day and negative 70 the next. But we know winter's coming. And so we believe that the, 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 the voice of the Lord speaks to us in similar ways that we wanna give margin and say, Lord, you tell us when you want us to shift gears. And we've sensed this for a couple of months and today we're shifting gears and we're gonna be going into a new season. I'm not gonna tell you what it is until later on in my message. I'm, I'm gonna set you up, but I'm excited about what God's gonna begin to speak uh, to you uh, in this house over the next coming months. Um, I believe, I truly believe, let me just begin to try to set this up. I truly believe that each one, each and every one of us are called to be a carrier, uh, that God wants to use every single one of us to carry something for Christ, that we all have something that God wants to do in us so that then God can do something through us, not for us, but for the kingdom of God, to advance the kingdom of God. God wants to use us and we should be honored, we should be flattered, we should be shocked that God wants to use us, amen? Sometimes I'm like, God, you could probably find some way more talented people than me, but God chooses to use us, broken vessels, uh, as his carriers, and we're honored to do so. I remember, um, I was thinking about this this week, whenever I first was, was called to be the, the interim lead pastor of this church. Back in 2014, in the spring of 2014, we went through some really difficult times as a church. If you're not familiar with it, you can Google it. Our, our founding pastor had, had, a, had a moral failure and we were going through a really difficult season. I was a campus pastor at the time. And I remember our leadership team was gone on a retreat. We were out of town, we were in a hotel room and the board at the time called me up to a, to a different room. And I remember telling my wife, the board just told me to come upstairs and I have, I don't know what this is about. And I go upstairs and I come back downstairs and I'm like, babe, you are never gonna believe what just happened they asked me to be the interim senior 
pastor, like, have they lost their minds? They are crazy. I have no idea what's wrong with them. And I really thought that it was going to be kind of this temporary stewardship and that they were going to pray and start a search and they would find somebody. And I was like, I was happy to, to kind of help fill that role for a season. But what I didn't tell anyone at the time is that God began to deposit seeds in me. And long, bef- long before it was announced, long before it was even really uh, uh, discussed in public or, or even, even in, in private, I begin to sense in my spirit that I was gonna be the lead pastor. And that's not the kind of thing you tell people. Hey guys, guess what? God just said that you're supposed to make me the lead pastor, okay? So do it now, because God said so, all right? So that's not the way, those things don't go well, okay? So I just kind of had to take this seed that I believe God placed in my spirit, and I just had to cultivate it. I just had to let God do the work both in me to prepare me to become a carrier for something. And I, I truly believe that before the fruit of God's plan is re, was revealed in my life, the seed had to be planted in my heart, okay? So the seed always precedes the fruit. So, so many times before you begin to see God's plan or God's call or God's vision for your life happen on the exterior, God will deposit a seed in your spirit internally. And what do we do with this seed? How do we wrestle with the seed? And as I begin to see all through scripture, that God did this with everybody in scripture. Um, uh, I'm, I'm writing, a, I, I finished a book, I'm doing some editing process and I'm kind of writing this book about how they rebuilt the temple, how Zerubbabel and Jeshua came back from exile and God put in their heart to be rebuilders of the temple. And I wanna show you this really cool verse because the fruit of the vision was gonna be, they were gonna become the builders of this temple. But if you rewind all the way back to Haggai, let me show you this in Haggai chapter one, you'll see a seed that's planted first. And in verse 14, it says, so the Lord sparked the enthusiasm of Zerubbabel, son of Shetiel, governor of Judah, the enthusiasm of Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the enthusiasm of the whole remnant of God's people. And they began to work on the house of their God. We know the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was the guy who was sent back to rebuild the wall. So after they rebuilt the temple, Nehemiah came in and rebuilt the wall to provide protection for what they had rebuilt. And the same thing happens to Nehemiah. Let me show it to you. Nehemiah, this is Nehemiah's words in chapter two. When, they be, be, when they're just about ready to start rebuilding the temple, he gathers everybody together. And this is one of the things he tells them. In verse 12, he said, I had not told anyone about the plans that God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. So before the fruit burst forth of the vision and calling that was placed in Nehemiah's heart, God just put a little seed in his heart for him to cultivate. And Nehemiah knew on the inside before anybody else knew on the outside. And you see this rhythm through scripture where God takes and and almost impregnates or imparts something into someone's spirit to prepare them for something to come in the future. And it makes me wonder, like before Moses was at the burning bush, I'll bet you anything that something was churning on the inside of him. I'll bet you anything that before David ever took the palace while he was just a shepherd boy in the field, God was beginning to plant a seed in his spirit that was way bigger than than he could have ever imagined. God starts doing the work on the inside first. I'll bet you that before Elijah ever came to Elisha, 
while Elisha was still working the plow, I bet as he went back and forth in that field, plowing that field, God was doing a work inside of him, saying, I got something way more important than this, but I'll get doing a work on the inside of you first. God comes to do a work on the inside before he does a work on the outside. And your spirit man, I wanna, I wanna call this your spirit man, or what through scripture might talk about the heart. In the Greek, it's the word cardia, which, which if you translate the word cardia, where we get the word cardiac, uh, it literally is translated your innermost being in your spirit. If you'll, if, you'll, if you'll pay close enough attention, God will deposit something in your spirit and what he wants you to do is cultivate that and, and let the gestation process take place. And what he says is there will come a day when you give birth to it, but it happens on the inside first. And God begins to do this work. And, 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 and I don't know what that means for you, but what is stirring on the inside of you? I, I remember, um, I don't remember how long it was into the pregnancy, Michelle was pregnant with our firstborn, Corey. And I remember she was on the other side of the house and she was like, John, get in here, get in here. So I run into the other room, you know, I think something's wrong. And she's like, put your hand right here. She grabs my hand and she's like, wait, wait. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's an alien in here. Like what? And you start feeling this thing. It goes from, it goes from a thought of, I know, I, I, I know we're pregnant. I've seen the heartbeat. I've heard the heartbeat to now I feel it. Now it's tangible, now it's tangible. And so what's kicking on the inside of you, you know? What is it that you sense something in you and you don't know the full picture. It's like that verse that says, his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Like I wanna rewrite the verse that says, his word is a floodlight unto my feet. Like I wanna see the whole path. And it's like, no, it's just a lamp. You can't see the path, you just see the next step. That's how it feels. That's how it feels whenever you got something kicking on the inside of you because you know what pregnancy is. You, you, you have no idea what this kid's gonna be. Like you may not know its gender. You don't know what hair color it's gonna have. You don't know the eye color. You don't know how tall. You don't know the calling. You don't know the personality. You don't know anything about this thing, but you know you're pregnant. You know there will come a day that you will give birth to this thing, right? This is what it feels like to have something growing on the inside of you spiritually. That God deposits something on the inside of you and God wants to do a work. And make no mistake, it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you at all. The thing that God puts in you is not about you. He wants to put something in you to do something through you to be impactful to the kingdom of God. And, and here's, what, here's what makes it beautiful. So we're in Christmas season, so Mary got pregnant. You know, that's awesome. Mary had baby Jesus. You know what made that pregnancy special wasn't that she was pregnant. What made the pregnancy special is that it was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She was a virgin, which tells us this did not come from man. This was divine. This was a seed planted by the Holy Spirit. And what God does in us you know what makes it special, right? It's that it was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Anything you accomplish on your own without the Lord is not miraculous. There's nothing miraculous about it. That's why we celebrate this season. The reason that the, the Jesus' birth is miraculous is because it was a virgin birth. It was conceived by something other than mankind. 
And what's gonna make your calling special is that it's conceived by the Holy Spirit. No one made a way for you, God made a way for you. No one gave you the resources you needed, God provided the resources for your vision. So I don't know what this is for you. Something's kicking on the inside of you. Maybe it's a ministry, maybe it's a nonprofit, maybe it's a business idea. Maybe it's something that you wanna be a better father to your family, you wanna create a new legacy that your father didn't create for you. God can speak in a lot of ways and a lot of different paths and a lot of different genres, but if you'll listen close enough, God is speaking and he wants to put something on, on the inside of you and speak to you in, in a really special way. And so today, we are starting a new season. And for the next foreseeable future, at least into the new year, probably the first month or two, we're gonna be in a season called a season of expecting. Expecting. Have you ever um, listened to a couple tell you before and they, they, they come to you and they say, well, basically what they're trying to say to you is we're pregnant, but what do they say? They say, we're, we're expecting. What are they saying? We don't know exactly the timing of this. We don't know exactly how big this baby is gonna be. <laughs> Mama's hoping it's small. We don't know exactly, like I said earlier, we don't know exactly what this baby is gonna look like yet, but we, we are confident of one thing and one thing only. We're gonna have a baby. It's coming. And nobody knows it more than mama. Why? Because mama is starting to walk different. <laughs> Mama's getting uncomfortable. Mom's had to change her diet. Mom's had to start taking some prenatal vitamins. Mom's been nauseous, right? Because when you're pregnant, it changes you. Why? Because you're having to make room for something more important. Mom's become the most sacrificial person on planet Earth. They, they literally give their body over to this thing. Organs get out of the way. They gotta go to the bathroom every five minutes. It changes everything in their whole life. Why? Because what's growing on the inside of me is important. And I'm willing to make a sacrifice because God has chosen me to be a carrier of something to give birth to it. God wants to use all of us to be carriers for Christ. And this whole season, we're gonna unpack this and we're gonna look at stories in scripture. We're gonna look all across the Bible at how God does this and how God does this then and now God wants to do this now for us. So there's two types of people in this world, and this, this, these two types of things apply both naturally and to the spirit world, okay? Um, there are those of us who are expecting and those of us who are not. In the natural, there are those of us who are pregnant and those of us who are not. In the supernatural, there are those of us who are expecting and those of us who are not. And I just want to clear the air, okay? I'm going to just clear all the political air, okay? Men cannot get pregnant, okay? I said it. I said it. I said it. <laughs> However, I'm expecting. I'm expecting. I sense something on the inside of me. I sense something on the inside of our church. I don't know fully what it is. I can't explain it. I couldn't sit down and write it all out for you and say God's gonna do this and then he's gonna do this and then he's gonna do this and this is what it's gonna look like and this is how big it's gonna be and this is what's gonna happen. 
but I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. We're expecting. I I feel the heartbeat. (laughs) I feel the kick. I feel the stirring, and quite frankly, I'm getting uncomfortable. At times, I'm nauseous. God is, is doing something in our midst, and so there's two of us in the room. There's two of us at the Edmund campus. There's two of us online. You're either expecting or you're not. Next week, I'm going to preach a message to all of us that are expecting, okay? So if you, if you got yours, you're like, man, I know what mine is. I'm stirring. God's speaking. I don't know what it looks like, but I think it's this, and God's doing this and this and this and this, and you're just amped up, and you're like, yes, 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 I'm expecting. You come back next week, okay? I got a word for you, and the title of the message next week, I'll give it to you in advance, all right, if you promise to come back. The title for me- next week's message is a book that every pregnant woman in history has written, has read. What to expect when you're expecting. All right? So if you're expecting, come back next week. We're going we're gonna to look at what it means. What can I expect when I'm expecting? But today I want to talk to those of us in the room who say, you know what? I would love to be expecting, but I'm just not. There's, there's, there's a feeling of loss. Um, this may feel like a, a loss of purpose. You don't know what your purpose is. You don't know what your calling is. I don't know what my vision is. Um, it would be very similar to, to, in the natural to Michelle and I for the first seven years of our marriage. We wanted kids more than anything on the planet and we tried and we tried and we tried and we went to specialist after specialist and spent dollar after dollar and thousand dollar after thousand dollar and spent more money than I had as, as a young married couple. But we just couldn't get pregnant. And you get to this point where you're like, maybe I'm not meant to carry anything. May, Maybe we're just supposed to be childless. It can feel the same spiritually. You can get to the point where like, well, maybe I'm just not good enough. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe my my calling is is not that. Maybe I'm just not called to be a carrier. I wanna talk to those in the room today that would say, um, I don't have anything to look forward to. I'm not expecting anything. I I wanna give you four quick things Um, to help you become a carrier for Christ, all right? Four quick things, write these down if you're taking notes. Point number one, if you're taking notes. If you're not a carrier, if you're you're in a season where you don't feel like you're expecting, um, what you need to know, number one, is proximity matters. Proximity matters. How can I put this in the most delicate way? Um, If Michelle and I were looking to have children, proximity matters. If I went on a trip to Africa for uh, 30 days and Michelle stayed home, this ain't gonna work. There's some things you can do over Zoom and there's some things you cannot do over Zoom. (laughs) Can I just tell you when it comes to God giving you your calling and something being conceived by the Holy Spirit, when God wants to place something, give you the seed, to let it cultivate in you and grow, why would it be any different? Proximity matters. How close are you with the Lord? And this is the challenging part is, is when you're in a season, when you're in a season like you feel like you're not expecting, it's the, it's, it's the hardest to pursue the Lord, is it not? When you're dry, when you haven't, if you haven't heard from the Lord in months or years, or you haven't been in the Word, or you haven't been in church, or you haven't done anything for the Lord in years, there's a lot of barriers there that keep you from pursuing the Lord. You got shame, you got guilt, 
you got doubt, you got all these things that just compound on each other. But if we're not spending intimate time with Jesus, how could we expect to be expecting? It matters. So it's in these times where it's critically important that you have community. It's, it's critical in these times that you don't just have a church to attend, you don't just have a gathering to show up at, that you go from a gathering to a circle. That you have, you have a people around you that you look face to face and you're able to share your heart because proximity matters even there. Proximity matters in how you do life. Are you doing life alone or are you doing life with the community? It's, it's important. So if we want Jesus to impart in us, proximity matters. Let me show you what Jesus said. This is Jesus' words in John 15, 4. He said this. He said, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. Now watch this. Maybe the most important word in this whole passage is the word if. So it, it's, it's dependent upon something. He's saying proximity matters. And if you take proximity with purpose, he says this. He says, if you remain in me and I in you, and then it doesn't say you might, there's a pretty good chance, there's a decent opportunity of this happening. He's like, no, 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 you will bear fruit. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you're gonna give birth to something. It's, it's, it's a promise right here in scripture. So proximity matters. What does that look like? There's a pursuit. And, and, and some days your pursuit, all you can muster up is a prayer of, Lord, I need you today. <laughs> and that's as far as you could get today. Some days it's, it's I'm, getting, I'm gonna get in the word for five minutes, you know? I hear people all the time, well, God's just quiet, he's not speaking to me. Uh, 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 uh. The Bible speaks to you when you read it. It's what it's there for. So I, kn I know it's not easy, but it's in those moments that you need to get into it more so than ever. So, so I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna press in, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna intentionally dive into this. Instead of listening to Kanye, Well, I guess he's got some songs these days that aren't that bad, but instead of listening to Drake, maybe I listen to some gospel. Maybe, maybe I'm gonna, maybe it matters what I let in. So I'm just saying there's, there's, there's times in our life where, where proximity matters. Okay, number two, taking notes. If you're not expecting, you need to believe that God can still use you. I know that seems so simple and so cliche, but the belief component of, let's think about the word expecting. What does the word expecting even mean? It means I believe it. When, when you tell somebody, when you and your spouse told people that you were expecting and your wife was like this, it meant that you actually believed that you were gonna have a baby. Why? Because we're expecting it. There's no doubt in our mind, we're gonna have a baby, it's right here. So there's a component to this in our faith that we have to live by faith and not by sight there's a component that we have to keep on believing. Like you need to get the spirit of journey. Don't stop <laughs> believing. Hold on to that. Oh, come on, Oscar. I know Pastor Wade's ripping it there too. <laughs> There's gotta be a component of this where I lean in. And if you're struggling with this, I would assign to you as your pastor to read Hebrews 11 every single night until you read it so many times that you know the next verse before you read it. 
because Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the faith chapter. And it's literally just this, it's, you ever been to one of those testimonies? You ever been to old school testimony service? I don't know, testify. Hebrews 11 is a testimony service. It's saying, by faith, Abraham. By faith, Rahab. Right? By faith, Moses. It's over and over again of testimonies of people that didn't see nothing, but they believed for it. They were expecting. Let me show you a couple of them. Hebrews 11, let me show you the very first verse. It says, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Uh, this next one I want to read to you. I'm going to preach a whole message on this, so I'm not going to linger on it. Um, but I'm going to preach a whole message on this because I've read this, I don't know how many times in my life, and I've never seen this piece before. Hebrews 11:8. It says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. Now watch this. I don't know why, why is he telling us this? Why do we care? It says he lived in a tent, okay? He lived in a tent as did Isaac and Jacob. His next two generations after him would do the same. Lived in a tent where, who, who were his heirs with him. Now watch this, verse 10. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations. This dude was expecting so strongly that he could lay in the dirt and still see foundations in the future. Abraham had, had figured this out. I, and I gotta be honest with you, I'm a pastor and I'm like, I don't know about that. Because if I lay in the dirt for too long, I start thinking the dirt's my new home. This dude slept in a tent his whole life, but still had the wherewithal to say, but I see something else. I'm expecting, there's something. Abraham's like, I'm pregnant. I don't know what it is, and I don't know what this nation's gonna look like. All I know is God said, I'm gonna be the father of many nations, and he was holding on to a word. And he said, you know what, I'm expecting. God is not a man that he should lie, and I'm expecting this, and I believe he's doing something. And so the real question is, is can we lay in the dirt, but have a vision for a foundation? Can I, can I, can I be in the present muck of where my life looks like, but yet have hope for something greater because God's doing something. That means I'm expecting, I'm expectant. Come on, will you look, you look at your neighbor and say, I think I'm expecting. Come on, do it like you mean it, Edmund, participate. See, I think I'm expecting. Every man's like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever said in my whole life. So you're like, yep, Thanksgiving is just over. I think I might be, might be expecting. Romans, uh, Paul had something to say about this too. Paul said this in Romans 4, 8. He's talking about Abraham too. He said, against all odds, when it all looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise. And what did he do? He expected. He expected God to fulfill it. There was something in him that there was an expectancy rising up. It says he took God at his word. And as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count. Psalm 27, 13 says, I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
You know what this psalmist is saying? He's saying, I know I'm gonna see the goodness of the Lord someday in heaven, but I believe so much so. I'm so expectant that the, the, the goodness of God is so good that I'm gonna see it while I'm here on this earth. There was an expectation there. There was something that he wanted to see. In fact, this word expect, this, this word uh, in the Greek, this word looking forward to, this word waiting is, is weighty, okay? So the very next verse, let me show you the very next verse um, in verse 14, very next verse, verse it says, so here's what you gotta do. Wait for the Lord. <laughs> Be strong, take heart, and wait. So what do you do, ladies, when you find out you're pregnant? I just kind of got to wait. I, I was thinking the other day about, women, you guys are amazing. Do you guys, do you guys realize that you, listen, listen, you make babies, like literally, You just chilling. And on the inside, I would think I was, I was trying to remember the central nervous system, um, the brain, all of the arteries, all of the veins, all of the muscle fibers, all the muscles, all, I mean, all the bone, bone marrow, joint, tissue, every cell. Something on the inside of you is happening every single day. Michelle and I used to get these emails that said, this week, your baby is the size of an avocado. Remember that y'all get these? I'm like, wow, that's weird. Thanks for telling me. Why? Because while you're waiting, they call this the gestation period, right? There's, there's a waiting, there's a process. How is it any different with the Lord? God places a seed he conceives something in your spirit and you begin to think, wow, could it be, Lord? Could it be? Would you really use me for that? You're gonna craft that and shape that inside of me and I get to give birth to it? Yeah, but you need to wait for it. You gotta wait for it. Because God's doing a work, right? In this season, God's doing a work and waiting is so important. It says, wait on the Lord. But it doesn't just say wait on the Lord. At the end of that, it says be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. It says it twice. Wait, 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 wait. This word wait in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word kava. And it means to look for, to hope for, to look eagerly for. That there's an anticipation while I wait. Number three, if you're taking notes, write this one down. This one's important. Previous miscarriages do not disqualify you from being a carrier. Uh, Michelle and I went through this in the natural. And what we realized is when we found out that we had miscarried and we began to share with some of our friends, what we found out is that we weren't the only ones. Um, it didn't lessen the pain necessarily. But really the big struggle with miscarriages in the natural is that at least in Michelle's experience, I can't speak for, for women, but I can, Michelle, uh, I can. The, the, the woman will automatically think, I did something to cause this. Michelle back then was a marathon runner. She was crazy. I don't know why people do that. But she loved to run. She was a marathon runner. And she thought that maybe on one of her runs, before she even knew she was pregnant, that she may have messed something up or shook something loose. Right? So there's this guilt associated to it. And, and, and then the, the second thing is that we go through as a couple is there's like, well, should we even try again? Because I don't want to go through this pain again. 
Do we, do we even want to go through this again? It can be the exact same with a vision or a plan or a calling from, from the Lord. Because you can go through a season where you're like, this is what the Lord's doing. I'm clear. This is, God told me to start this business. I know it. So we start the business and... Right? And some things are just unexplainable. I can't explain miscarriages. That doesn't make any sense to me. God will explain that to us someday. And I, I believe that we're going to be uh, reintroduced with our baby that we lost in heaven someday. I'm confident of that. There's just some things that I don't understand. And there's things about that in, 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 the, in the spirit world too that I don't understand. I don't understand why I prayed for somebody to not die of cancer and they died. But it doesn't disqualify me from having and believing and hoping for a new baby that God has never done with us. I don't care if you're eight or 108. If you're breathing, you're a carrier. You have the capacity. There's nothing wrong with your spiritual womb. Don't stop believing. <laughs> Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord in this season. The fourth and final thing, if you're not in the season of, of, of expecting, I want you to do this before you are, okay? Point number four. I want you to pre-decide to carry it full term. I want you to pre-decide. When a woman gets pregnant, man, things get rough. <laughs> Man, my, my wife was nauseous every day. My wife, this is t t TMI, I don't care. She carried a Ziploc bag in her purse. Because every day, she put a gift in that Ziploc bag, every day. I saw her struggle, I saw her in pain, I saw her uncomfortable, I saw her eating habits change, she just couldn't, I mean it was, and I was like, oh, good, we're going to have the baby. All right, we're good to go now. Uh-uh, we're just getting warmed up, man. Like it's, like, it's not like you're just committing to get this thing through diapers. No, no. Mm -mm. We're committing to toddlers. We're committing to elementary age. We're committing to high school. And what I'm learning now that I have teenagers, I'm never getting out of this. Like it's like, it's a lifetime sentence, y'all. I'm just telling you. It's a lifetime sentence. <laughs> but you know what? I'm committed to it. I want my kids to serve the Lord and I want my, mm, I want my kids. I don't care what my kids do. I don't care if my kids are the next president or a janitor. I don't care what they do. I just want them to impact the kingdom of God. That's it. I want them to be carriers for Christ. I want them to have, be impactful to spread the gospel, to impact the world for Jesus Christ. It's no different with my spirit man. I don't care what God wants to do. Just use me. Just fill me with something and let me be a part of this. It's just, it's cool that God even uses us. Like he doesn't need us. God's like, I wanna use you. Okay, then I'll, I'm here. I wanna be a carrier. I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna cultivate something, give birth to something, nurture it, watch it grow, and then sit back and go like, look what God did. Right? Some of you have started nonprofits. You started businesses and you employ tons of people, right? Some of you are doing amazing things for the kingdom. God is using you. He put a seed in you. You got pregnant with it. You gave birth to it. You bottle fed this thing. You nurtured it. You stayed up all night with it. And now look at it and you're like, God, thank you for using me. This is what it means to be a carrier for Christ. And I want to take us back to this idea of expecting. I want you to be expecting. Those of you in the room 
that feel lost, you feel hopeless, you have no vision, you have no calling, I want you to know your life is not done. God is not done with you. You are fertile. You're fertile. If you're a child of God, you're fertile. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. We wanna prepare our hearts for that. There is nothing in your past that disqualifies you from your future, nothing. I don't care what this world has told you. I don't care what the devil has told you. I don't care what your friends have told you. I don't care what social media has told you. There is nothing that disqualifies you from your next calling. Bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second. I wanna to talk to the people in the room and at the Edmond campus that say, I am in a season where I'm not expecting. And maybe you would say, man, John, 10 years ago, I was on fire. Like 10 years ago, I had a calling. I was chasing it. I gave birth to that and now I, I don't know what to do next. Maybe that's you. Maybe it's like, I don't know that I, God's ever used me for anything. Next week, if you, it, for those of you that are like, man, I am so fired up for what God's doing in my life, you better get your tail back here next week because I'm gonna tell you what to expect when you're expecting. But this week, I, wanna, I want the Lord to minister to you. At the OKC campus and the Edmond campus, everybody head about every eye closed. I wanna walk you through a process. I wanna read a couple of verses over you. And then I, I wanna give you a scripture that I believe is a prophetic word for you, all right? But I, but I wanna know who I'm speaking this over. So every head bowed, every close. Edmund, OKC, those of you watching online, if you're here today and you say, I'm in a season where I'm not expecting, there's nothing kicking on the inside of me. There's nothing stirring on the inside of me. And I wanna be a carrier for what God wants me to do next. Shoot your hand up real high. Just shoot up real high. Awesome, hands going up all over, all over. Edmund Campus, I know hands are going up all over. Okay, you can put your hand down. Those of you who raised your hand high, I'm gonna ask you to do something real brave, okay? I want you to stand up right where you're sitting. Just stand up, there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's literally nothing to be ashamed of. What you're saying is, hey, God, use me. There is no shame in that. Edmund Campus, you're standing, all right? And the reason I want you to stand is because I'm speaking to you. I'm about to give you a word, all right? So those of you at the Edmund campus, those of you here at the OKC campus, what I wanna do is I wanna take you back. You can look up at me. What I wanna do is I wanna take you back to the moment where the mother of Jesus, Mary, had this conversation with an angel. Because what the angel tells her is, hey, you're gonna give birth to Jesus. And Mary's like, uh, hey, angel, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm a virgin, that's kinda weird. I don't know how it's gonna happen. And this is what because many of you are asking, well, how's this going to happen? I don't know, what, I don't know what, the, what that looks like. Let me read to you what the angel said to Mary. And I felt like this was a word to those of us in the room this morning. Verse 35, Luke chapter 1. The angel answered her and said, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Now, I love this picture. I'm a picture guy. I think in pictures. So it's like you have a really hard time seeing this. So what I'm gonna do is the Holy Spirit is gonna come upon you and the power of the Most High is actually gonna overshadow you. And this overshadowing is something to block out all of your doubts and all of your fears and all the what ifs. And it's like, I'm gonna overshadow you. And the intimacy of this moment, the Holy Spirit is gonna come upon you and you're gonna conceive something and God's gonna give you vision. And the very next verse, verse 36, the angel says this. It says, even Elizabeth, your relative is going to have a child in her old age. 
And she who was, listen to this, she who was said to be unable to conceive is now in her sixth month. So, so your doubts doesn't matter. People's others' doubts doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, okay? Because the angel goes on to say this. This is the angel's words, verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. What, what, what he was trying to impart into Mary was, hey, be expecting. Be expecting. You can be expectant to be expecting. So I'm gonna pray with you in just a minute, but this is, the, this is the verse that I feel like the Lord gave me for all of you standing at the Edmund campus in OKC. I wanna read this over you. It's, in, it's found in Isaiah chapter 54, verse one through five. And it says this, it says, sing barren woman. Now I wanna pause for just a second. In the Old Testament, many times a barren woman was, some, some, was a curse. They saw it as a curse. Like if you, can't, if you can't get pregnant, that means God is literally against you. A barren woman is someone who cannot have a baby. They cannot get pregnant. And the instructions of this are for that person to sing. Sing you who thought in the past that you were barren. Let joy bubble up within you. Why? Because you can start expecting now. It says, sing barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who are never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dis dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will, you will forget the shame of your youth. You will forget every other time that you messed it up. And remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. Watch verse five. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. So Father, I pray for those individuals that are standing right now. God, I pray for something supernatural to happen that I am incapable of doing. I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would begin to conceive something in their spirit. God, these are people that are literally standing here saying, God, here I am, use me. We're, what we're saying is we're making room any, any, any woman who ever agrees to get pregnant, they say, here's my body, use me. So Father, we're saying here we are. We're making room for you to use us in a powerful way. So what I pray is over the course of the coming hours and days and weeks, that something on the inside of them would begin to stir, that something would begin to kick, that there would be a heartbeat where there was not a heartbeat before. God, I pray that, that, that weeks from now, they would say, look, look, feel, feel, feel. Something's kicking. I sense it. I don't have the full picture yet. I don't know what this thing looks like, but you're gonna begin to stir something on the inside of them, Lord. I pray that you would do it. They're willing, Lord. God, place a calling inside of them. Place a passion like never before on the inside of them. We thank you for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you.
Thank you for joining us here today for this week's message. And here at Victory Church, we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond ourselves, and be transformed. And this can only happen through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this message or any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us by giving into this ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at victory.church give. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.